You're listening to the Secret Muse Society, where we pull out the things we keep hidden about ourselves. What are the secrets that actually hold us back from the connection we crave? And what happens when we tap into the inspiration we have to offer the world? I'm your host, authenticity coach, Karen Choi. Let's dive in together. Story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the mom of a dog named Arlo. Hey, so you might be thinking, what does your dog have to do with the Secret Muse Society? Well, my friend. Three things, actually. Number one, here's the secret. There's something about my relationship with my dog that I'm not very proud of. In fact, it's pretty embarrassing. It involves some mom guilt, really, really ugly thoughts, and definitely not my best self. But it also led me to the muse part. Number two, I totally changed my relationship with my dog in just two weeks, like a complete 180. And you're going to understand why this is a big deal throughout the episode and why I'm sharing the story in process with you here. And which takes us to number three, because here in the Secret Mew Society, we're talking about my dog Arlo because... We talk about finding inspiration in the shadows of our lives. And it's funny to me that this happened recently and that Arlo happens to be part of one of my shadows, but (laughs) he brought that out. And I hope that this episode will help you. So today, yes, we're talking about Arlo the dog and a surprising gratitude practice You're going to love this episode if you love dogs. You'll love this episode if you're practicing gratitude and that it's changed your life. You'll learn something if you've been thinking about using gratitude to make life better. And you'll definitely benefit if there's something annoying in your life that you want to change. Yes, I say annoying because that's where we'll start with the story about Arlo. So let's start at the beginning. I bought our dog from a lady who lives in our neighborhood. How often does that happen nowadays? Her dog, a Chihuahua poodle, had a litter of five puppies with her daughter's dog, a Pitbull Yorkie. Can you picture it? It was a hot night in July 2019, pre-pandemic, and she decided to take the puppies out for a walk in some fresh air. The puppies were only around five weeks old at the time, so she put them on a towel in a rubber-made bin and pushed them in a shopping cart around the block. That night, I was riding my bike home from choir practice, and I had to dismount because there were film crew trailers blocking the street. As I walked my bike along the sidewalk, I approached some very happy film crew people, which was rare to me. (laughs) So I wondered, what are they shooting here? 
everyone seems to be in such a good mood. As I got closer and I panned the area, I noticed why. People were holding puppies. <laughs> and that's when I spotted him. His buggy eyes, goblin ears, and a pure, innocent, kind of a dum-dum look on his face. He was the only short-haired and fawn-colored pup in the litter. When the woman holding him made eye contact with me, and she said with a twinkle in her eye, Hey, do you want to hold him? I don't know why, but I have a feeling that the two of you are meant to be together. She put him in my arms. He nuzzled into my chest. And that was it. I was done. But it actually wasn't that simple. I didn't sleep for two nights. I agonized over the decision. You see, the decision was mine to make because I would be the primary caregiver of this little guy. The pee-poo training, cleanup, walks, vet visits, letting him out in the middle of the night. I didn't need or really want another being to be taken care of at the time. I felt like I had enough. My kids were six and three years old. My husband was rarely around at that time because he was so focused on his business. So all the responsibility of this little dog would be on me. And I struggled to come to terms with it hard. Could I honestly say yes to bringing an animal into our home and fully commit to the next 12 to 16 years? I guess for some people, the answer would be a no-brainer. It would be easy, but I really struggled with it, like stressed about it. While I liked the idea of having a dog again and meeting him was like a miracle in and of itself, deep down in my heart of hearts, when I got really honest, I knew I didn't like the idea of shedding, picking up poo, outside dirt tracked all around the house, the dog smell, having to explain the little red lipstick thingy to my girls, the cost of dog food and vet bills, allergens, and having to consider the well-being of another soul. It just seemed like too much to add to my plate. And yet, seeing my daughter's faces light up, thinking about the lessons we would learn from raising a puppy together, and just the overall cuteness factor was too appealing. So yeah, I decided yes. And fully knowing I was buying the dog for their happiness, not mine, I would sacrifice for my family. I didn't really want him. But with hopeful optimism, I was praying that I would also fall in love with this dog and I would become an enthusiastic dog owner and Arlo would be my furry best friend. Funny thing about hope is that you can have the expectations and desires for certain things to happen, but they usually don't pan out quite the way you planned. Am I right? <laughs> God works in mysterious ways. Only until recently, every time I looked at Arlo, I regretted my decision. I was mad at myself. I thought of all the reasons why I didn't want a dog. I wanted to change my reality, and I was re-irritated by his very existence. And I was annoyed by every sight, 
sound, and smell of him. If you're judging me now, imagine how bad I was judging myself. Because I'm going to tell you the ugly thoughts. I called Arlo, which my husband translates as shit dog in Korean. I, I called my dog shit dog with total disgust and disdain. I would stare at him from across the room and just be like, you donkey, who do you think you are? And sure, it sounds kind of funny, but deep down, it was mean. Arlo's personal smell really bothers me. I don't know if it's a pheromone thing or what, but I just can't stand it. I hate the sound of his nails on the hardwood floor. And no matter how short my husband cuts them, they always make this gross sound. When Arlo wakes up, he meows. Like, what's up with that? Is he more cat than dog? I also have nightmares and am deathly allergic to cats. So the idea of Arlo being a cat in a dog's body really bothered me too, because I don't really like cats. And then he makes this nasal whiny sound when he breathes. It's like, and I wished he'd stop breathing. Even when Arlo would sleep on his cushion, just minding his own business, I'd ask him, Arlo, who do you think you are? As if he wasn't worthy of his life. I would hardly ever pet him because I'd immediately feel itchy and allergic. And I hated that he'd leave his hair all over me. At one point, I actually thought that Arlo was the reason for my allergies. And I considered giving him away, which devastated my kids. And there was one night after midnight when Arlo got into the garbage and he ate half the compost. He woke me up wanting to go outside with that nasal whiny voice. And I was so mad at him. I I wanted to kick him. I didn't kick him. I let him out for a pee that night and considered leaving him out there in the freezing cold. I even thought that if he got sick and died, I wouldn't be sad about it. And obviously, I let Arlo back into the house. But, oh, the barking. Oh, my God, the barking. It drives me crazy. What is it about little dogs being so scared and so loud at the same time? I I just wanted to kick him That's or pick him up and throw him across the room. And you have to know that I've never actually physically abused Arlo, but the poor guy has surely felt, felt the wrath of all this negative energy. Even me telling you about how I felt, my face is scrunched up, my hands are clenched, and I just feel gross. These are just some of the ugly thoughts that I'm ashamed of carrying with me for the last two and a half years with Arlo in our home. It did not bring out my best self. And all the meantime, Arlo, sweet boy, just follows me everywhere, giving me unconditional love. So hello guilt. Hello shame. Hello negativity. I just like low vibrations. Now, I more than took care of Arlo's basic needs, and I made myself a martyr for it because I've always thought of, I sacrifice my free time for this dog. 
I only saw Arlo as a pain in my ass. He was a chore that I resented. And if I had to break down percentage wise, I'd say 90% hate and 10% love kind of relationship until now. So here's how the gratitude practice came about. I was visiting my friends one Saturday night and they have a beautiful dog named Kiki. She came to me and put her big head on my lap. And as I petted her shiny black coat and I nuzzled her forehead, yes, I smelled her (laughs) and she smelled sweet. And I stared into her deep brown eyes. I heard myself saying, oh, Kiki, you beautiful girl. You're such a good dog. And that's when I noticed that I was giving someone else's dog so much love that I never gave my own dog. And that felt really wrong. I felt sad. Why couldn't I appreciate Arlo like I was appreciating Kiki? I shared my realization with my friends in that moment and jokingly said, Hey, you know, I should do a gratitude practice for Arlo to see if it helps me give him more love and heals our relationship. And that idea picked up. I mean, I asked Bobby, who's Kiki's owner, who just happened to be sitting next to me, if he would be my accountability partner, which meant that I'd send him a gratitude text about Arlo every day for two weeks. And Bobby graciously agreed to receive these texts. And so over the 14-day commitment period, I sent Bobby eight texts, some even with pictures. And that was another thing that surprised me during this gratitude challenge. I realized I never took photos of Arlo. I rarely looked at him and thought he was so cute that I wanted to capture that moment forever that I would feel compelled to like, just want that cuteness memory forever. So at the beginning of the challenge, it felt very forced and unnatural. I wrote to Bobby, the first message, I'm grateful that Arlo was too tired from running around yesterday to annoy me today. He also looked puzzled by the extra attention I was giving him. Our relationship is improving already. End text. It it took a lot of energy for me to think about Arlo in a different way. I intentionally tried saying, oh, Arlo, you're so cute. Good boy. And in the middle of the challenge, I realized that Arlo is neutral. It was my mood that went up and down. So in one gratitude text, I said, quote, I'm grateful Arlo reads our vibes and lays low when I'm feeling sick. Isn't that so sweet? And then by the end of the two weeks, I realized how much more space I had now that I wasn't filled with negativity. My final text to Bobby was, I'm grateful for Arlo and way less annoyed by him. I spend less energy feeling irritated and more energy showering him with love. Vibes raised, end quote. It worked. I'm sharing this with you because sometimes when we bring new practices into our lives, it can be difficult to measure their true impact. In this case, it was very clear. My annoyance created a gap between me and Arlo, but gratitude filled it. So during those two weeks, Arlo didn't bark less, stink less, shed less, or make less poops. Nothing about him or his behavior changed. The thing that changed was my perspective. 
which gradually changed my behavior. And the gratitude made me look for what I did like about him instead of focusing on what I hated about him. You know, the things that made me laugh, the things that were cute, the things that were sweet. Gratitude helped me see the ways Arlo makes life interesting and more full. An attitude of gratitude changed my energy. And even though Arlo is still annoying sometimes, I'd say we're now more like 10% hate and 90% love. And it feels more natural. That annoying and toxic gap that was previously there is now filled with a different energy. Arlo Choi is a very good boy. (laughs) So now it's your turn. Is there something or someone in your life that you've been spending a lot of energy being annoyed at? And is this relationship one you want to feel better about? Maybe it's a colleague or a friend or your partner, or a parent, or your kid, or maybe your pet. What if you commit to 14 days of writing one thing you're grateful for about them? What would spending a few minutes every day thinking about positive, loving things about them do for you? And imagine how they feel. They don't know that this is happening, but you are sending them loving and compassionate, empathetic, and like appreciative vibes that matters and see how your perspective changes. How does gratitude bring you closer to them? So what happens when you replace annoyance with gratitude? You'll receive an abundance of new awareness, loving acceptance, generous appreciation, and awe. That's what I learned from this experiment. And I'm going to continue doing these experiments. So if you're inspired to use gratitude to feel less annoyed, please let me know how it goes. You can get all the ways to connect with me in the show notes below, and I would love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm sending you my love and gratitude. Be well and be amused. Thank you for listening to the Secret Muse Society. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts to rate and review this podcast so other modern muses like you can find us too. I invite you to continue the conversation and connect with me on Instagram at karenchoy.co. Join me next week for more secrets inspired by you. I'm Karen Choi. Until next time, stay gold.